Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Create Your Life series, where we help you maximize your potential and results in the area of personal development, entrepreneurship, and travel. And I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown. Create your life. Create ta propre vie. Create your life. Beautiful people, this is the Create Your Life series. I'm your host, Kevin Y. Brown, and it is an amazing day. And it's a day that I'm actually super excited for because I got my people from California in the house today. And you know, I'm a California native from the Bay. Uh, and, you know, I'm super excited. This uh, amazing entrepreneur uh, and her business partner have actually flown in from California. And we are their first stop on this media tour that they are doing to talk about the amazing things uh, that they have in store. I've had the opportunity to meet uh, meet with them. I met her one time and was like, uh, you know what, you need to come on the Create Your Life series and talk about, you know what I mean, the amazing thing that you've done. And she was like, you know what, if I come, do you got to bring my, my business partner? Because he's amazing. He got a great story. And I was like, well... You know, tell me a little bit more about this, brother. She told me, and I got to admit that what she told me was, it was amazing, but having the opportunity to sit and talk with this brother, I'm super, uh, super excited to have him on uh, and then have him on again uh, another time. We already set that up, Create Your Life Family. That's what I'm telling you. We're bringing you uh, that realness. But um, before uh, we bring this guest on, I got to read her bio talk a little bit about it she is known as the commercializer and trust me we're gonna to get to the bottom of that because I, I need to know what that means from the source she's a strategy consultant serial and social entrepreneur advocate for technology entrepreneurship inclusion innovation social justice and generational wealth specifically within underserved communities come on talk about it she's a hbcu stem graduate let's just talk about the hbcu right there you know because i'm a graduate of clark atlanta shouts out to grambling state university for her she's a member of uh delta sigma theta sorority incorporated um you know crimson and cream love and the daughter of two formerly incarcerated individuals at the age of 16 she and her younger brother uh, were introduced into the world of what it meant to experience hardship, not knowing it would be a catalyst in helping her to fulfill her purpose. Uh, See, so find a way to make one. 14 years later, two degrees, a certificate, and a contracting job with the National Aeronautics Space Agency. Um, this young lady's uh, passion for problem solving and establishing connections would turn her into a lead technology transfer specialist, contractor, and an executive board member for federal labs all over the country. She recently founded a consulting startup called The Commercializer, a strategic firm that actualizes independent inventors, intellectual assets, and monetizes entrepreneurs' ideas. In addition, she's the co-founder of a creative agency called Con Creates, focused on serving the men, women, and children both behind and beyond bars, including changing the narrative and stigma behind how society views people with criminal histories. Create Your Life family, please welcome Miss Jania Griffin. Yay! Jania, you got to say what's up to the Create Your Life family. <laughs> what's up, Create Your Life family? Man, you got, you got people on my IG. I mean, our Facebook Live is going in right now. People are loving you. 
man, you got El- Elvira Garcia saying, I, lo- I love you. Uh, hello from Spain. Uh, man, you got Kev- Gordon Gecko saying hello. Uh, Estelle Lett. They here for you. So I want to start from the beginning of your story. Um, number one, it was great to meet you at the Black Women Talk Tech Conference uh, in February. Um, you know, just that meeting of the minds, cool people. Um, but you said that in your bio, it says that you experienced some challenges early on in life. Um, what were those challenges specifically? Um, did you like go to foster care? Did you just raise your brother by yourself? And then what was the driving force uh, behind you persevering? And of course, big sisters are cool. So, you know, also raising that, that little brother. <laughs> So one thing that I will say is that, um, yes, both of my parents are formerly incarcerated. They weren't gone for that long, but at 16, it's like... Pivotal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, luckily I had a car. And so uh-huh. I could, you know, still take my brother to school, um, make sure that he had, you know, something to eat, make sure he did his homework. Um, and so it was it was just something that I felt like, oh, OK, I just have to do this because mm-hmm. it was always instilled in us as family, always take care of family. So mm-hmm. it wasn't anything new for me. It was just that oh, I want to have my mom there to help me do it or tell me like, Janae, you need to go help William with his homework or Janae, I need you to take William to school. Like it was just you got to do this. So it it was instilled early on, you know, Mm -hmm. that I had to take care of him, um, that we took care of each other. So it wasn't anything that I thought was different. So even when I talked to people, I was like, I don't got a story. Like, I thought that's just what people did, you know? Like, if something happened, then, you know, then that's what happened. Um, Both my parents ended up working at my my university, my high school. Mm. And, um, And then one day they was gone (laughs) for a couple weeks and I was just like uh I don't know what's going on um we stayed with my grandfather at the time they were divorced Mm -hmm. um or going through a divorce and now I can happily say after 14 years of being divorced they are happily remarried and oh wow my dad owns his own trucking business my mom does low boards like they're like this magnificent team and they're living their best life they just came back from the Bahamas got a beamer got a house Mm -hmm. like got their land my mom's out here doing gardening and you know compost and all this stuff and I'm just like this is what y'all this is what y'all deserve like this is this Mm. is where it's at so um from that from that point on um I really just decided that you know I just need to do what I'm supposed to do I was an athlete Mm -hmm. I played basketball ran track played tennis Mm -hmm. so I was I wasn't really like out and about you know in in the streets um And so uh, I ended up going to Grambling State University. When I graduated, so. ended up coming back home, but my mm-hmm. mom couldn't find a job. Mind you, this is while they were divorced, so my mom couldn't find a job. Um, so I had to take care of her and my younger brother. Mm-hmm. And I would go to work. I got a, a job at the sheriff's department out in San Bernardino, mm-hmm. um, driving an hour and 15 minutes each way for like $12. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, not making anything. Yeah. So, um, when I graduated, I couldn't even really like start my life. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't, I didn't start my life. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just living, just trying to survive. And on top of my mom, like, when are you going to get a job? Not knowing that she's going through depression, not knowing that she lost her self-esteem and mm-hmm. because she couldn't find a job, you know? Yeah. And so, um, I just knew like in my heart, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. that I wanted to make sure that nobody else had to go through that. So mm-hmm. I wanted to consult and consult for felons to help mm-hmm. them become entrepreneurs so they didn't have to rely on anybody else to get a job. Do you feel like that was one of the reasons why your mom was having challenges uh getting employed yeah because she's a beast like her resume was stacked accounting mm-hmm. it degree um it, it was bad like and and she would get into the interviews she they would hire her and then find out about her background and 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 dead it yeah so mm-hmm. it was just like wow and so for me it's like when i look at people who you know have a background or have a criminal history it's like mm-hmm. that's somebody's mother or father or sister or brother like mm-hmm. i don't look at you as like oh you're a felon yeah <laughs> like Absolutely. why? Like that's you're you're a person, and so I think that's the problem is that a lot of times prison they dehumanize people, and so when they come home, when mm-hmm. they return home, society still treats them that way. Mm-hmm. So that's that's really what I'm very passionate about is really you know how do we build that compassion and change that perspective for people who aren't directly or indirectly influenced by Mm -hmm. it or or affected by it to where they don't really understand like, Hey, this is a person. And the difference between you and this person is that they got caught Mm -hmm. because everybody literally is committing crimes, regardless of like the, the, the size of the crime jaywalking. I mean, we talk all the time about, you know, indecent exposure. If you take, if you use the bathroom outside, that is indecent exposure. It's a sex crime. You get labeled as a sex offender. And it's all based on what the officer at the time is wants to charge you with. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So those those little things that we mm-hmm. take for granted every day is just like that could change your entire life. And yeah, how do you explain that to somebody? Mm. That's man, that's powerful. Sorry, that was a lot. Nah, <laughs> but, nah. I mean, but it's real and it's authentic and I can feel your passion. In yeah. it. And I guess, you know, for me, one of my questions right now is, is that you had this this sudden change that took place right with your parents both working at your school. How did you keep your focus and who was like your advocate in your corner at that time? You know, when you parents is gone and now you yeah. say your little brother was is how much younger than you? He was six. He, he was six, six years old time, and he was 14, yeah. right? Yeah. No, 16. 16. Yeah, okay. So we're like 10 years 10 years apart. apart. Mm-hmm. So now you're taking care of a baby boy. You know what I mean? And you still got to handle your business. Yeah. So like, how were you staying motivated in that time? And then how did it affect you also when you, when you found out what it was, the reason why your parents weren't there? Um, so I didn't really find out until like later on, you know, um, later on, like three months, later on, like three weeks. Well, later on, like as I grew up, because I, I wasn't really, it was just something that happened. Mm-hmm. It wasn't anything that I really put any too much thought into it mm-hmm. until I started like questioning, like, okay, why am I the way that I am? Mm-hmm. Good and bad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. What makes me tick? Mm-hmm. What what instances have or situations have happened in my life that have kind of transformed like my journey and, and things like that and brought me to this place that I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I really started to like ask those questions, then that's when I started to like get the answers and, and knowing, like I said, I didn't think that I had a story at all. And I'd be like, man, I ain't going through no hardships. Like I have my family here. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, my biological father died when I was three. So like I never got to meet him, but I started meeting his side of the family and then mm-hmm. understanding like how that dynamic worked. Oh, sorry. And um, started understanding how that dynamic worked and how that affected me and um, different things like that, different relationships. And mm-hmm. um, when I turned 30, I went to find my grandmother, like literally looked her address up mm-hmm. and 
popped up at her house like, hey, I'm looking for such and such. I'm, you know, your granddaughter. Um, And because I decided that I wanted to go into my 30s with forgiveness and healing. And so Mm -hmm. just being very intentional about all these things Mm -hmm. before I got a job um, contracting at NASA. I was working at the sheriff's department as an intern. And then it's like before before that, it was like I wasn't really doing anything. I was just trying to make ends meet. I was just trying to pay the bills and help my mom and make sure that, you know, William had things that he needed if he wanted to uh, play football or swim or if he needed a car or if he needed things paid for for school. Like I was I was just trying to be there for that. And that's really all that I was focused on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that didn't really change until I got the job at NASA and I was just like... I I could breathe. Right. And so when you No, go ahead. Okay. So when you um when you had that opportunity when when the job so you've been at NASA for a minute then? Yeah. Um it'll be six years in November. Congratulations. That's, Thanks. That's <laughs> so to me, you know, you remind me of the ladies from Hidden Figures, you know what I mean, who were doing their thing at NASA. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just the importance and yeah. the representation, you know what I mean? It's just I think it's just so dynamic. But what happened to you? Or that helped you understand that you you helped you get this awareness about yourself that said, you know what, I need to go and shift into forgiveness and understanding, you know what I mean, and, and self-awareness so that I could become this better version of Janaya. Um, I think so one day <laughs> I'll say one day, um, and throughout that whole process, like I had like my family still there, like, um, I cut my older cousin and she's actually the reason why I ended up going to Gremlin. Um, she's also, uh, Delta Iota, my home chapter, shout out. <laughs> um, and so she's a part of that. And so like, she had everybody basically like, um, fill out admissions forms and everything to go. And, and so that's where I ended up going. Mm-hmm. Um, then I had my grandparents, of course. Um, but one day I went to church and I just was like, I just need something. And I literally broke down at the altar like, God, I don't know what needs to happen, but I need something. This was before I got the job at NASA. Mm-hmm. And um, and then like at that moment, I don't know, I just felt like this rush of like, everything's going to be okay. Like I literally, I can say for me, like I felt like I literally felt God's peace. Mm. And I, and after that, literally after that, I didn't worry about anything else. Mm. I didn't worry about nothing. Whatever happened, it happened. And I knew that it was going to be okay. Gotcha. And so moving forward, I was just like, okay, I figured out what my purpose was because mm. I would pray for like discernment and like God just show me what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm. And, um, and like two people, this is how I figured out what my purpose was. Two people told me back to back, um, you're supposed to help people. Mm. And they said it in two different ways, but like, that's what I heard. And I'm like, okay, okay, God, like, all right. So that's what I figured, like, that's my purpose. But then it goes a little bit deeper in that once I started being intentional Mm -hmm. about what my purpose is, Mm -hmm. um, knowing what my passion is, which is establishing connections, um, problem solving is establishing connections, connecting with people, networking. I started applying that to every aspect of my life. So once I started being very intentional about fulfilling that purpose, Mm whatever way that came, like everything just started aligning. And so like, I just started going with the flow. Mm. So ever since then, it's just been like, all right, like this ain't my plan. I'm just going, God, what do I need to do today? Mm. So to me, what I'm hearing a lot of is, is humility and listening. Yeah. Right. You know, being humble enough to ask for help Yeah. and then being wise enough to listen 
uh, when people are talking to you and, and helping you uh, find your way. And one thing I'll say is that uh, my biggest thing is that I've learned to listen in the midst of chaos. Mm. So, like, there's there's so many things going on at one time. But if it's something I just keep hitting that rock, it's like, okay, what am I supposed to be pulling from this situation? What am I supposed to be learning? What is the positive that I can pull out of it? And then how do I move forward? Mm -hmm. Okay, so I got to. I got to ask you an HBCU question. Okay. What do you feel like was um, was the biggest lesson that you learned at, at Grambling that helped you to move forward? Uh, and secondly, how do you feel like the HBCU prepared you uh, for life after college? Well, going to Grambling, <laughs> going to Grambling State University, you learn you learn to survive. <laughs> I will say that. So I feel like you know, um, just every all the experiences that I went through. Um, that prepared me to be resilient and everything, persistent. Mm -hmm. Don't take no for an answer. You're going to get the run around a lot, but that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter Mm because you need to get, you need to get to your destination. And so you need to figure out a way to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, so it definitely, uh, taught me how to, you know, just use what I had and, and definitely get what I need to get done with what I had. So, um, that's the one thing. And then um, I think that and, and I'll say that this works everywhere. So I used to be very like naive when I was like young and growing up, like everybody needed to be my friend. Like, I want you to be my friend. I want you to like me. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. if you didn't like me, it's like, oh, my gosh, like what do I need to do for you to like me mm-hmm. in, in college you find out people don't like you just because they got a problem. Like, that's their problem. That's not your problem. Mm -hmm. If they don't like you, they don't like you. Mm -hmm. And I think that still transitions over into business as well. There will Mm -hmm. be some people that aren't going to want to invest in you. Like, they're not going to believe in what you're doing. But that doesn't mean that you need to be like, oh, I need to, like, whatever it is that I need to get you to understand, then I'm going to do that to get you to understand. Like, no, stay in your own lane. Mm-hmm. Do what you're doing, um, and then they'll come along. And if they don't come around, then that's their loss. Like I, I believe everything happens for you, um, not not to you, but for you. And so, just really having that mindset and that perspective, and being positive about it, um, pulling out the positivity and everything, is really what helped me to like keep moving forward and and keep going down this lane that I'm on. Okay. Now I got to ask you the question. I mentioned this when I was introducing you. What does the commercializer mean <laughs> and why did you choose that as your tagline? So, okay. So, um, I was like, I want to start branding myself. Okay. So my nine to five is at NASA. Um, I'm a contractor there for Jacobs and, um, and I'm like, I want to start branding myself because NASA is not the end all be all. And okay. I was talking to my line sister and she was like, did you just say NASA was a stepping stone? And I'm like, yes, like, Let's go. I'm not, Let's go. not going to be here for the rest of my life. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's great. It's, you know, it's an amazing opportunity, but yeah. I have bigger goals. I have bigger dreams. Yeah. And I decided that I wanted to go into corporate or government, whatever. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go into the industry to learn and get the experience and the credibility so that I can then break out and do my own thing and help my community and, you know, just take that experience and everything that I've learned back to them. So Mm -hmm. this is one piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, wait, what was the question again? Yeah, commercialize. Okay. So (laughs) I decided that I was going to build my own brand and I was like, 
what am I going to call myself? <laughs> like, what am I, I don't know what to do. And yeah, so yeah. Um, I'm like, well, what do I do? Like, I, commerci- I commercialize. Okay. Commercial technology commercialization, mm. which is, I will break that down. So, which is basically like the government spends uh, $150 billion, mm-hmm. $140, $150 billion every year on research and development. Mm-hmm. Out of that comes inventions. And so, it's my job as a tech transfer specialist to take those inventions and find commercial companies to mm-hmm. create commercial products out of them. So, you think of GPS, memory foam mattresses. Um, Siri in your iPhone, any camera, baby formula, the Chi flat iron for all the black girls out there. Um, well, I don't know. They're natural now, so they don't release flat irons. But, <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, all of these different things that we use every single day that you really wouldn't realize that have stemmed from a federal lab. Mm. Um, so, essentially, this is intellectual property, this IP patents. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um And so now I'm like, okay, so what am I doing with this? I want to take this. I want to get independent inventors, like people who are at universities or like my parents who like have come up with all these ideas that they can get patented Mm -hmm. and then teach them how to monetize that. Mm. And not from just we're going to patent it from a protection standpoint, but we're going to patent it so that we can license it to multiple companies so you can have multiple streams of revenue. White label. So, yeah. So then I was just like, okay, well... Well, nobody really knows about tech transfer. A lot of people are familiar with the commercialization of like Christmas or, you know, different things like that. And so, but what does commercialization actually mean? Right. Mm -hmm. So if I looked it up in the definition, so to commercialize means to essentially like make a profit out of something. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the commercializer. Like, so I teach people how to make a profit out of their ideas. Mm, I'm loving it. So that's what I am. I'm a strategist. I'm a problem solver. But I help you make money. Figure out how to make money right. off, of, off of your your IP and your intellectual assets and and things like that. And I'm really big on ownership, mm-hmm. um, owning your own, and and that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> but but a, a necessary one, yeah. and you know the one that that actually matters. Yeah. Uh, for me and a lot of my friends, I, I just got back from this entrepreneur summit in North Carolina, mm-hmm. and a lot of the conversation was about you know. There's like a handful of LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordans, but those franchises are have been there forever. You can name mm-hmm. the players that have played over the years for a franchise. So why are you trying to be? I'm you. Why are you trying to be the player instead of the franchise? Mm-hmm. You know the owner. So that ownership conversation is super important. Um, for you, uh, being a a uh, young lady of color in STEM, what have been some of your most challenging and most rewarding uh, moments? If you can just give us one of each. Oh. Um, in STEM. So, <laughs> so I go around and I talk a lot in terms of like, you know, with NASA and then the whole hidden figures thing. Like when that movie hit, everybody's like, oh, we want you to come speak at our school and things like that. And so I was just like, I don't know if I should be the one doing that. Right. So like, yeah, I have a background in um, forensic chemistry, but I've never practiced like in a lab or anything like that outside of um, outside of school. Right. Hold on. I'm gonna stop you right there. You. You you practiced at one point. N- no. In, in school, you did. In school. I said That's outside of school. No, but there's a difference. There's a difference between going into a lab and being in an area where now you are, um, you are, what's the word? You're competing with men in that space who are very interested in keeping, like, what they're doing to them. They don't want to share that, right? So I've never really had to, this, and this is what I had to, mm-hmm. to break down, hidden figures, mm-hmm. whatever, mm-hmm. Um, really allowed me to be where I am and not have to go through what they experienced. Mm. 
Gotcha. NASA doesn't play that like mm. at all. Like mm. we don't there. I, I think I am. I'm really blessed to have like the people that I work with mm-hmm. because they're all a family. And so mm-hmm. we never have to go through like, oh, well, she's a black woman. And, you know, I don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, make her she's an angry black woman or right, anything right, right. like that. Like we're really a family where we have these conversations about my hair and, you know, about different things that they're going through. And so they allow me to see it from their perspective. And then mm-hmm. I can see it from mm-hmm. um, they can see it from my perspective. So we really teach each other a lot mm-hmm. of things. But um, I didn't really have to experience a lot of what some of, you know, now I'm not saying it doesn't exist because I know some people in the industry now who are like, yeah, like it exists in the labs, um, you know, in some of their their tech companies that they're starting some of the men don't really believe that a woman can be doing this you know or be doing what she's doing i won't say that it, it doesn't exist i will say that i haven't had to face it yeah yet. i guess for me what, I, what the reason why i wanted to stop you was is because i'm like you know sometimes people we, we all have imposter syndrome where we think you know what i mean where we sometimes question oh man yeah. they want me to come yeah and i'm like yo yeah. stop you no, did it yeah. before like you that dope you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it's like somebody who, who go play basketball overseas, and then somebody who play in the league. It might be two different levels, but you're still both professionals. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's like, you know what I mean. I'm just stopping you, like. Well, no. So like, I looked. I looked at bomb. it from the perspective of <laughs> I didn't go through what they went through. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, I shouldn't be the one talking to them about it. But I had to. I had to really yes. think about it and say, like, well, no, they went through that, so I didn't have to. Exactly. So that's what that's what resulted from me. <laughs> That's what resulted from me and and doing that. And me and my line sisters, we got a group text. And, Mm -hmm. of course, we got a group text. Um, (laughs) But this is what I put into the group. And they were like, uh, Jenea, no. (laughs) I got this. Yeah. So, nah. It's it's been a great experience. Um, I loved the movie. Mm -hmm. I screamed at the the actual screen. And, yeah. Nah, it it was powerful. It definitely, it moved me, especially when um, Taraji's character had the opportunity to finally, they were like, where does she keep disappearing to him? Is she like black? Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. a lot of times people don't understand, you know what I mean, what those battles are. And she kept, you know, kept the professional the entire way through, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And finally got her credit and all of that stuff. And man, that was powerful. Well, with that being said, you have this title, the Lead Technology Transfer Specialist Contractor. And you're an executive board member for the federal labs all over the country. That's such a cool title. (laughs) What exactly uh, does it break down and, and mean? So basically a little bit of like what I talked about earlier is, uh-huh. you know, going out and finding those um, com- commercial companies to create mm-hmm. the commercial products. So mm-hmm. I license um, the pat- the rights to use the patents. So I negotiate those licenses. I put together the agreements. I work with the patent attorneys to get the patents. Um, and then I actually... We work with a third-party uh, contractor as well to do, like, the commercialization assessments, to look into the different markets and things like that, to find out where these alternative industries that these technologies can be used for. Because they may have been created for some for one thing, but now they're, the functionality of that technology mm-hmm. is now able to be used in multitude of industries. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's what I'm doing as <laughs> tech transfer specialist. I'm transferring technology outside of the federal labs. Wow. So I, I'm understanding the commercialization yeah, a lot see, yeah. deeper. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you out here, you on your boss negotiating, yeah. understand this patent game. <laughs> 
it's like you know that entrepreneurship thing is in your blood because you was talking about your parents how they got everything flowing and stuff like that so so yeah so I'll say something real quick about that I didn't mm-hmm. even realize that I was being raised to be an entrepreneur my parents um when I was about maybe 10 years old used to take us to this wholesale um candy place and say okay I need you to pick out all the candy that you think your friends would like. What's the candy that everybody's eating, you Mm -hmm. know, nowadays? And so we would be like, oh, yeah, like this is the popular candy. And then um, in order to go out and play, we had to take like these little lunch pails on our bikes. And then we would go around the neighborhood and sell the candy to our friends. Mm -hmm. And um, and then we would use that money for um, summer activities like going to Nosbury Farm or if we wanted to, you know, buy something for us to have fun. Like Mm -hmm. we would do that. Um, so I didn't realize that I had a business when I was like 10 years old. Hey, <laughs> it was insane. The um, wisdom, the wisdom in the game that the parents give us, man. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? You, you can't, you can't put a price on it. With that being said, we're going to cut to a break, create your life family. This episode is brought to you by Podcast Laundry, a podcast editing service that gives podcasters more time to be creative by handling the dirty work of editing and all of the behind the scenes work that podcasters hate. If you're a podcaster, check out our services and purchase a package today. Spend more time doing what you love and let Podcast Laundry do the dirty work for you. Visit PodcastLaundry.com for more information. This is the Create Your Life series, um, and we're back. We got a caller. Caller, caller, are you there? I am here. Okay, awesome. Uh, Caller, who are you? Where are you calling from, and how's life? I am William Thomas. I'm calling from North Carolina right now. Okay, what part of North Carolina are you in, Will? Uh, of North Carolina. I'm stationed at Fort Bragg. Okay, awesome, man. Uh, what do you listen to the show? What What you think of the show today, man? I was going great. Man. I'm just so proud of my sister. Okay. Aw, thanks, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like what have you been saying? Like you have taken care of me, and uh, like I might get a little emotional, but yeah. You want to thank you? You want. It made me do better in my life. Excuse me, sorry. <laughs> Don't be sorry, man. Don't be I, sorry. I love you, William. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I just wanted to say thank you. Of course, I, you know I got your back. Man, y'all in there making me have an emotional <laughs> moment, man. I'm in there trying to fight back my tears, bro. Vince, how you doing over there, bro? I'm like, I'm feeling the same way yo, you feeling. <laughs> oh, shoot. I'm sorry. I know it wasn't a question, but I just had to put that out there. We man. appreciate it. I think it's I important. definitely do. Uh, for people to know how, how you impacted them. I think that's dope. Yeah. Nah, most definitely. So, uh, William, thank you so much for calling into the show, man, and, and feel free to call in anytime. Well, thank you. All right. Have a great day. Hey, you too. Right. Right. So, Create Your Life family, we back. We got Janae Griffin uh, here, um, you know, <laughs> and her business partner, Vince, uh, is here as well, uh, you know, but, you know, it's reality, man. You know, when we are lining up, you know, taking care of family and following our dreams and our destiny, man, we get to make impact on, the, on our people. And you can see the brother sister love right there. You know, it's authentic. Um, and uh, I guess Janae, you know, jumping right in back off of the break. Uh, for me, I want to jump right into the Dolphin Tank so that we can introduce and bring Vince in so he could talk about this amazing thing that you are doing where you're really continuing to share that love and that respect and that drive that you, you know, instilled and, and gave to your brother to everybody else who might, you know what I mean, be dealing with 
circumstances that such as like your parents did. Uh, so that being said, you know, jumping right into the dolphin tank, um, you know, what are your goal setting methods, and you know, how do you how do you measure and make sure that you are growing every year? So um, <clears throat> let me <laughs> get get my uh, <laughs> my voice back together. Um, so goal setting uh, for a long time. I never really set goals, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe in my mind I did, but, you know, everybody's like, oh, you need to write stuff down. You need to do this. Um, And so I just didn't because I felt like I know what my purpose is Mm -hmm. and I know I want to fulfill my purpose. I don't know how Mm -hmm. I'm going to fulfill my purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, But I didn't want to make the plan that would supersede God's plan. Mm. And so I just was very passionate about, like, when I wake up in the morning, God, what do I need to do today? Please guide me to where I need to be so that I can fulfill whatever, fulfill my purpose, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, actually, I'm going to shout her out sincere. I think her name is, like, Sincerely Tina B or something like that on Instagram. Um, She posted this video, and she was just like, essentially, you know, she needed to start writing down what her goals were. Mm -hmm. And write it down and make it plain, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just like, I just didn't agree with that because I was just like, I don't want it to be, this is God's plan. It's not my plan. Mm-hmm. And so she she said one thing that really, really stuck with me. And it was, you know, how do you expect to to get to where you have to go if you haven't made a plan for how God will actually bless you? Mm-hmm. So. God's plan is is always going to be there. Mm -hmm. But if you're not making a plan on, let's just say, like, God is about to give you $10 million, Mm -hmm. how are you going to spend that money to fulfill your purpose? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, so what are the things that I need to do so that God's plan can actually be put into action? And I have to be prepared for that. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so then that's when I started, like, okay, I need to write everything down. And we talk about, like, manifestation and things like Mm -hmm. that. When, When I met Vince... He didn't know, but I told him that I had this sticky that sat on my desk for like a year and a half Mm -hmm. that said that I wanted to consult for felons to teach them how to be entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. I never knew how I was going to do it, but then God brought me Vince. Mm -hmm. And so this is what we're doing now. Um, And so it's just write it down, make it plain, and it will manifest itself. Um, And really just being being intentional about that. Okay. Well, I mean... I got to, with that being said, about being intentional and stuff like that, we got to bring Vince into the fold right now. Right. Um, you know, Vince, I'm happy that you're here, man. Again, you know, I had the opportunity to uh, to talk with you, you know, and definitely understand, you know, more of your angle and what you guys are doing with uh, Concreates. Uh, so if you could briefly uh, tell us, I know we got a couple more Dolphin Tank questions, but I feel like it'll be dope to because you guys are working together right. to be able to talk about some of these things, you know, together because you got to, Man, the, the plethora of knowledge that y'all both have together is insane. So tell us more about Concreates um, and how it even came about. Um, so the relationship between me and Janae, how it came about, or is the, or do you mean how Concreates was started? Man, together, bro. Okay. So essentially, Concreates.com is a creative agency that does marketing, branding, PR solutions for big brands. Uh, We crowdsource the ideas and strategies from a network of incarcerated and formerly incarcerated men and women across the country. So 
initially like we give them a chance to pay back restitution if they owe it. We help them do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we pay them a real wage instead of the 17 cents an hour slave wages that they're paid <laughs> to do labor in prison. Mm-hmm. And we teach them a transferable skill set. So when they get out of prison, they can say, hey, I'm the guy that worked on the Beats by Dre campaign or I'm the woman that did the rebrand for eBay or, you know, whatever. Mm. Okay, so a little bit about you, Vince. We definitely had the opportunity to hear about Janae's story. Uh, tell us more a bit about your story and your background and why Concreates matters so much to you and why it was something that you felt needed to, to happen. Um, so initially, I, I ended up going to federal prison. Okay. Um, I was sentenced to 121 months in federal prison. And when I went to prison, I just became an animal. I studied law, corporate law, real mm-hmm. estate law. I read over 450 books. I wrote three books. Um, I organized think tanks. And out of one of those think tanks is where Concrease was born. So um, we took an underwear company um, from doing about $50,000 in sales a month to $934,000 with only two campaigns. And I saw a problem, which was we didn't get paid the way I thought we should have got paid. Mm-hmm. And when you think about some of these mega corporations that benefit off of prison labor that are making billions, hundreds of billions yeah. of dollars off of the backs of um, modern day slaves, mm-hmm. I thought we could do this for other brands and we could pay it without exploitation. And that's where Concreates was born. So I, from the inside out, I built a network of hundreds of minds that I can put on one problem to solve. And for the, do, through our conversation that we had earlier before coming into the studio, you talked about meeting someone while incarcerated and having a conversation with them and them helping you to change, you know, your outlook and your perspective. Can you shed some light on that? You know, what that conversation looked like and how it, Absolutely. How it uh, transpired? Absolutely. So, um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't say this to glorify my actions before I went to prison, mm-hmm. but I was... I made a lot of money selling drugs. I ran my drug empire like a Fortune 500. And I ended up in federal prison, so I was around a lot of white-collar criminals, guys in the corporate space. And this individual, who used to be an SEC agent, and he got caught taking bribes. that He's supposed to audit the companies. And he came to me one day and was just like, I heard about you. You know, you were just in an arbitrage. And I'm like, you know, what is arbitrage? And... So essentially what arbitrage is, is basically like if I buy rice in China for a dollar a pound and I sell it to Jordan for five dollars a pound, um, I just basically am a high price middleman. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially what I was in the streets. And when I was able to see that parallel between my natural raw talent, which was a businessman, and how to apply that into this corporate space, everything just clicked. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did. I looked at other guys that were in prison who had been doing this thing for so many years and had this natural skill set and thought, how applicable is this to, to the creative space? Mm-hmm. And Concreates right now is a revolutionary company. Nobody's doing what we're doing. I'm liking that. So from Concreates, you have the opportunity to come in contact with so many of these uh, these creatives or people who have these amazing strategic, strategic and business minds. But I think a lot of times stuff just boils down to opportunity and exposure. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, sometimes mm-hmm. you're just cursed by the environment that you're, of course, you know, that you grow up in. Um, what have been some of the most innovative things that you and Janaya have had the opportunity to see come out uh, of prison? Uh, uh, yeah. 
Listen, it's <laughs> so many. Right? It's so many. Because you don't hear about this, man. And right, that's why I'm excited yeah. right now. So let me give you this, right? This is what I can say. Because some, some stuff we're under NDA. You know, we can't really talk about things that haven't been released. But mm-hmm. So this particular company is a tie-dye legging company. It's actually called Tie-Dye Leggings. Mm-hmm. Um, we're working with this you know, young kid. He's really good at e-commerce websites. Shout out to Percy. Percy Holtzman. <laughs> that's my guy. Um, so he gives us this creative brief mm-hmm. and says, can you put your guys on it? You know, and women too. Can you put them on it to figure it out? And I'm like, yeah, I could probably put this in front of, you know, 150 men behind bars. And he thought it was funny that I was sending a legging company that's for women to a bunch of men. Mm-hmm. So that's what we decided to create um, the ads around the concept of men putting together a campaign for a woman's brand, right? Mm-hmm. And the ads that we came out was with a string of commercials called the campaign title was They're That Comfortable. So imagine this Black Friday, everybody's watching football. I mean, sorry, Thanksgiving, everybody's watching football. Men are sitting down, they got their jerseys on, <laughs> the team scores, the men jump up. Ah, everybody's excited. The camera pans down. You see the men wearing the leggings. That's exactly what I was saying. And then it comes up and it says they're that comfortable. Like, yeah. that's that came out of prison. Dude, that is awesome. That is funny. Yeah. I want to see the commercial. Yeah. <laughs> I think what a lot of people fail to realize is that before they were incarcerated, they were these brands' consumers. Right. So they know what it is that they like. They know what it is, you know, that that they're looking for. And so being able to tap into that access and they have nothing but time on their hands to be able to, you know, come up with these strategies and, and different campaigns and ideas. And no company out here has 150 minds being dedicated to one problem for hours and hours and hours. Right. And I think it's also just from a higher, you know, philosophical um, aspect of, of the creative mind, right? And I know you talked about being spiritual, and I I believe personally that our imagination is mm-hmm. infinite, right? Mm-hmm. And if you talk about the universe or God or whatever your belief system is, this is also something that they intend to they, that they say is an infinite thing as far as the wisdom or you know the connection to everything Mm -hmm. and i believe our imagination is our connection to that Mm -hmm. that entity right and when you think about individuals who are like oh i used to have an idea i had an idea for that very same product that exists there's a a a connection Mm -hmm. um you know that we can't see Mm -hmm. as far as our mind goes and when you allow we talk about intention when Mm -hmm. you allow this many people to be intentional about Mm -hmm. an outcome of something we're able to manifest that and and make brands a lot of money Mm -hmm. and also pay these individuals we can help them take care of their families while they're behind bars Mm -hmm. and you know that I think that's that's just an important thing to realize is the the, the collective brain power mm-hmm. that that we're able to tap into that most people figure uh, they overlook mm-hmm. this this forgotten workforce is, mm-hmm. is is behind bars with nothing to do mm. and they're brilliant right. call it brilliance beyond behind bars mm. love it. All right, so now I'm putting y'all both in the dark, and I mean in the shark tank. I mean in the <laughs> dolphin tank. I'm putting y'all both in the dolphin tank. Uh, so, what's the top tech that y'all are using to make Concreates uh, functions and run smoothly? Oh, top tech. Um, 
And, and if y'all both got a different one, it's all good. I'd say right now it's, um, I mean, of course, we like to use a lot of like the free things because we're, we're still a startup, okay? <laughs> Small <laughs> yeah. business. Trust. Um, but we're using Trello for like task and project management and things like that. But then um, Google Drive or Google Suite, the G Suite. Mm-hmm. It's been a lifesaver because they have yeah. so many different like apps and it connects to everything. It allows us to collaborate in real time with, you know, some of the people that we're working with and just have everything all in one location. Um, and even, you know, being I think representation matters. Right. And so um, being able to put your best foot forward when when we're coming at people and then you're coming with like, oh, yeah, my email is at Gmail dot com. People don't take you seriously. Right. right. And so even though they have like you can buy these domains. Um, um, that come with emails, everything is still not integrated. So I think there are a lot of companies that still use G Suite that are, you know, um, not just initially startups or they're a lot bigger than we are. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is allowing everybody to kind of collectively interact and um, creating that infrastructure. So we use that for, you know, our email system, mm-hmm. our domain is linked up to that. And so now when we present ourselves to people, we look professional. We look like, hey, like they're, they're actually, that's, that's one that's less thing that they have to worry about. Absolutely. Okay. Love it. Favorite quote or model that you live by? Oh, we did talk about this. Um, so I have two. Um, one is there are no problems, only solutions. Okay. Um, and then... Every, I said it before, everything happens for you, not to you. Um, if I'm going to say a favorite quote, and I'm, I'm probably going to mess this thing up. Um, so, so Frederick Douglass has a quote where he says, um, it's, it's easier to, well, I'm sorry. He says it's harder to build broken men and it's easier something something is easier to 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 build stronger children than men broken men mm-hmm. and the reason why that's my favorite quote is because I actually want to rewrite it because I believe that we're mending broken men, mm-hmm. and I believe that if we do mend broken men who are fathers, they in turn mm-hmm. build the stronger, stronger children. children for the future okay, love that, and I appreciate you guys' mission um favorite or most impactful book that you've had the opportunity to read? Uh, mine is The Automatic Millionaire by David Bach. Mine is The Process of I, the letter I, written by a woman named Emily Marochian. And I've got to say, for you, this must be a quite amazing book if you <laughs> exactly, read 400. <laughs> this, this is my top favorite book, and for many reasons, not just because of what it did for me, right? Mm-hmm. But it, it definitely changed my perspective on 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 mankind and the way that I interact with mankind. Mm-hmm. But it's an easy read. It's like 181 pages of just gold. Mm. Everything about it is to me is just something I believe that anybody could read. Okay. And um, this is the question that nobody can escape the show with answering. Okay. So y'all got y'all ready for this? Yeah. Okay. All right. What's three things that you would tell someone looking to create their best life? And if we can get three from both of y'all, that would be amazing. All right. Um, My first thing is invest. Mm -hmm. So not just financially, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I think the biggest thing that that really pains me is that everybody talks about this whole like diversity and inclusion. And then... (sighs) 
we are creating like, okay, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, building apps and things like that, like that's great. Or teaching, teaching kids to code, like that's amazing. Um, but we are teaching our children or teaching people how to become employees right. for a company that we have no ownership in. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. Okay. Um, so we need to invest into ourselves, into our communities. We need to restructure ourselves in our communities and stop worrying about how the world is and worry about how we can impact the world as we are now. Right. And so everybody keeps saying like, oh, we want to seat at the table. We want to seat at the table. No, we need to create our own table. And then if they want to seat at our table, then, you know, they can have a seat at our table if we allow them. But mm-hmm. there's no reason why we can't be the next Google or the next Apple or the next eBay or whatever it is or the next um, disruptive project that's coming, our disruptive technology that's going to take this country into, like, its next phase. So um, so investing in ourselves and our communities is number one. Number mm-hmm. two is giving with the intent to grow. Um, and that's growing spiritually, growing um, financially. If we give, the, the return is in the fact that we're giving, right? Not in, in receiving. So don't be intentional about like, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to give them or I'm going to provide value to them because I know that they're going to provide value to me or that it's going to benefit me. That shouldn't matter because later on, it'll benefit you later on. But but the benefit beco- comes in the actual giving at that moment. And I think a lot of people tend to overlook that because they're always like, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? Rather than what can I do about it? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one is collaboration over competition. It's enough oh, piece of the pie yes. out here for everybody. Mm-hmm. And it makes no sense for us to be fighting with our brothers and sisters when we can be collaborating with them. Mm-hmm. To, to make a bigger fist and, and hit the blow mighty rather than just that one finger and we're just poking. Poking. Poking around. Yeah. Okay. So those I love are my that. three. So you took my third one, <laughs> right? But we I mean, we kind of a, of one mind. We do a lot of, uh, we talk about these types of things all the time. Mm-hmm. But another thing, like one that I will say. What's your three, man? What's your three? So you I'm going to give you my next two. <laughs> so my next two is. Um, self-realization, right? Mm-hmm. I think um, it's important for you to understand what your strengths and weaknesses are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and just to be aware of who you really are. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that the outside world could tell you. This is something that you have to kind of understand from from the inside, mm-hmm. right? And, and then um, authenticity, right? Mm-hmm. Self-realization mm-hmm. leads to being authentic. And I believe that people... Are, we're all we're all, we're all animals first off right we're just a, a a higher consciousness of of animals but instinctually we can tell when people aren't being authentic right mm-hmm. we can feel when things aren't authentic and you know I, I think a lot of us as especially as black people we we switch up we mm-hmm. get in the room with, uh-huh we switch up and I don't do that mm-hmm. i'm I'm this guy every day all day. You know, even if I'm mad at you, like, I'm going to let you know I'm not mad at you, but I'm going to still feed you, like, if you're hungry. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's me, right? Like, I'm I'm built like that. And I think it's important for us to, to, to be our most authentic selves. And then if I could, you know, give you a third one since you said you need a third one, um... To live, I think to, to to live your best life is to is to is to find something you can't live without. 
Mm. Like you got to find something that you're passionate about, someone yeah. that you're passionate about that, that you cannot live without. Like I cannot live without giving back to the population, the men and women that taught me so much when I was in prison. I can't, I can't live with every day I wake up and I'm excited and I breathe this. I get text messages, phone calls from men and women in prison. And, you know, some of it is, 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 is things that I don't want to hear and, and it makes me want to fix other problems. And some of it is just, man, we appreciate what you're doing for yeah. us. Mm-hmm. I'm never coming home, so don't let me down. You got to find your why. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's, that's my three. Okay. So... Um, what's next for y'all? Global domination. <laughs> I love it. Taking over the world, Pinky. <laughs> I think what's next for us um, is 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 digital technology, marketing technology that um, will put concretes in the men and women behind bars in a, in, a, in a position to be not only trying to catch up to um, some of these larger ad agencies, but to actually surpass them. Um, you know, because I got tech transfer master over here. <laughs> right. Uh, we developed, no question, we tech, we, we, we uh, create um, new technologies that we can in, in turn license to, um, and I won't say what those things are or what they mm-hmm. do, um, but but that's, that's, that's what's next for us. Okay. And then also um, bridging the gap uh, for generational wealth for people who are incarcerated and formerly incarcerated. I love I mean, that. I'm always about generational wealth in general, but... Specifically for concrete. Yeah. We've literally figured out how to do that, and we're developing all of this in the same ma- manner as we speak. So I'm not going to really speak about what that is, but it's coming. Um, you can definitely expect, I'm talking about headlines being made from some of the stuff that we're developing right now. Okay. Uh, so last but certainly not least, how can we keep in contact with y'all? What's y'all social media handles? Like, what's up if, if the family wants to get in contact with y'all and support? And You know, if the fam want to get in contact with your girl. No. <laughs> um, Janae, at Janae Griffin on all social media platforms. Um, Concreates is C-O-N-C-R-E, the number eight, T-E-S. Um, and that's on all social media platforms as well. Um, and yeah. for me, um, I am Vincent Bragg um, on IG um, and just my name, um, Vince Bragg on Facebook. But I am Vincent Bragg is my Twitter, everything else. So there it is. Okay. Or cool. concreates.com. Okay. Yeah. Concreates.com. Don't, don't forget that. Go check out the site. Um, hit us up and... and Let's 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 do let's impact the world. Let's impact the world. All right. Well, thank y'all both for being on here. Thank you for having uh, us. Nah, most Fair definitely. Way. And last thing, uh, we're gonna do this uh, briefly or quickly, shall I say? Uh, we got the turnaround. So this is where y'all become and y'all get in oh. are in charge of the interview. <laughs> okay. So y'all get okay. to ask me any three questions that you would like, and I essentially have to answer them. Uh, so good because I have <sighs> one that I've been dying to ask. Uh, create your life, family. <laughs> y'all know how this goes. I don't know what they're gonna ask me, so we're gonna see how this. We're gonna we're gonna make it do what it do. I'm all yours. So one thing that I like to do is, I mean, everybody knows what my brand is and what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do talk about diversity and inclusion a lot. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the 70 plus million people walking around this country with criminal histories are excluded from a lot of this mm-hmm. conversation in the tech space, in corporate America. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you doing to include this population outside of this interview? 
outside of this interview. Or what do you plan to do to now include this popular? I like the second part. I like the second done. part of, uh, <laughs> of your question because, to be honest with you, I guess what I was formerly doing uh, was not being exclusive to anyone. Mm. And moving forward, I actually want to find out how I can work with y'all and, and help y'all on y'all mission um, to impact and help this community. I personally, you know, have family and friends who have been impacted by being incarcerated. Uh-huh. Uh, so therefore, to be able to know of a resource and know people who, you know, I can pick up the phone and say, hey, you know what? I have someone who, you know what I mean? I know people personally that could probably be of assistance to your venture and things like that. Then, you know, being able to connect the dots and, and help y'all with y'all mission is where I'm at with it. Okay. Y'all heard it here. If I say it, it's done. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh gosh, I don't even know. I don't this is I didn't sign up for this, did I? I got one minute. Yeah. Oh. Why don't mm-hmm. you give us your three? What is um, your why? Yeah. What, yeah, is, what your is your why? why? That's a uh, good one. Why do I do I this? Start with why. I, I, I do this because I believe that you can literally become and create your the life that you want. I did it. You know, coming from from the Bay, you know, growing up in foster care since I was nine months old. Uh You know, I literally for many, many moons, all I had was myself and a dream. Mm -hmm. And so for me, this started off actually as a YouTube video series where I was trying to show everybody other aspects of the world when I was in Japan so that they could see it and lead a block and go out and literally Mm -hmm. go and create the life that they want. Mm -hmm. And that's what it all was about to me was helping everybody else because I'm sitting here, I'm studying people's work ethics and things like that. And kind of like what I would call cracking the code is understanding, you know, taking the game out of it and then utilizing it. So I'm like, how how do I get people like yourselves on the show and really figure out how you do what you do so that somebody else could take it and then do the same? No question. Or do it better. Yeah, definitely do it better. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you all again for being here on the show. Uh, Create Your Life Family. Uh, It's been a a great one. And, you know, we'll see you back next week. Beautiful people, if you enjoyed this episode of the Create Your Life series, be sure to download it from our podcast, which is available on createyourlifeseries.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Music. Also, be sure to leave a review of the podcast. You can catch us live on Sundays from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via 90.3 FM in New York or on Facebook Live at facebook.com backslash kevbrown1. We encourage you to participate in the conversation on Facebook or call in at 212-650-6903. Follow us on Instagram at CYL Series and at Kevin Y. Brown. Be blessed, and we'll see you back here live next week. Create your life. Create your life. Create your life.